Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Well, this Sunday morning, we ventured over out by Best Buy, and we're here with the Junior League of Annapolis in the Lubrano Business Complex, I guess is the name of it, but uh, right there on Defense Highway. And I want to thank Calandra Lane, who is the president, Heather Medina, Heather Medina, who is the president-elect, as well as Dana Ogle, who is the community impact director, which sounds very important, for inviting me down here. And uh, a shout-out shout to Calandra's kids who are over here in the corner who are just absolutely great. They're just hanging thing, and they're waving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we wanted to come out and find out uh, about Junior League. I mean, I think everybody has heard the term, if, if nothing else, but uh, to dig a little bit deeper and find out what what it's all about. This chapter in Annapolis has been around since, what, 1981? So this is a pretty old organization here, right? It is indeed. Uh, In fact, the Junior League in general was founded more than 100 years ago. 1901, the very first Junior League was founded in New York. Um, To date, it's one of the largest, most impactful women's volunteer organizations. Um, Upwards of 125,000 members uh, internationally. We, We show up not only in the United States, but also in four other countries. So pretty large organization. And then uh, through the years, um, there have been leagues that have been founded in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and the Junior League of Annapolis back in the early 80s. Eight wonderful women uh, got together recognizing that there was a need here in Anne Arundel County. Did it originally start like with the the big population center? I mean, 100 years ago, I mean, this is like ancient history to me, but where the population centers were, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, Washington. Is that where they went to the population centers? Uh, The first league was started in New York City. There was a a cohort of women who recognized the need to um, provide lunches in the public school system. So they got together, and that was their very first um, community effort, was to bring free lunches to the public school system. Very cool. And in the need here in Annapolis, I guess as as our community started to grow, it, it came as well there. Now, you guys are very similar in some aspects to the Rotary. I mean, the Rotary is all about service to the community. And I mean, their motto is service above self and everything else. And I mean, you guys are a true service service organization, right? Yeah, our mission can kind of be broken down into three pillars, um, develop the potential of women, impact the community, and promote volunteerism, which is the lifestyle of volunteering. Do you guys get any flack about being a women-only thing at this? Actually, um, not that I'm aware. I think there's there's... There are many ways that we can help. We have allies that are men. So um, while we are predominantly... So you guys found a use for us, guys, huh? (laughs) We welcome allies. So, um, no, we haven't had much slack about that. We show up in the manner that we can, and um, there's a way for everybody to contribute and support the community. So I think one of the things that is really special about the Junior League is the fact that it's only women. Um, A lot of women join Junior League for the relationships, for the network, for the support, um, to grow personally and professionally through their membership. 
AJLI, so the Association of Junior Leagues International, and here us here in Annapolis, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is a huge aspect and a big push. And I'm also on our DEI committee. And as we were rewriting our bylaws and our mission statement, that piece was something that we looked at very closely. And, you know, we, we asked the question, we're like, hey, if someone identifies as female and maybe that wasn't their, you know, assigned gender at birth, what's, what are we going to do? And our, our stance, at least at that time, if they meet the other requirements and they want to, they choose to join, then, hey, they're, they're part of the league. Because, again, we believe in and we are definitely trying to foster that the mission of the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, both in our league and then in the organizations that we're partnering with because we want to, you know, we want to live what we believe. Fantastic. Well, you, you keep you've mentioned partner organizations and, and affiliates and ways to ways to work with that. I mean, how does how does a partner organization work with Junior League of Annapolis? There's a there's several different ways. We've the the league here has kind of ebbed and flowed and evolved over time. Um, for a while, we would have signature projects where we would partner with an organization for three years and assist them. There have been this was before I joined the league here in Annapolis, but you know. There are um, nonprofits out in in the county that kind of either originated here with the Junior League and then the, the league was able to hand them off or our members have gone on to start their own nonprofits that are helping the community. We have done in a days where you know, like we'll pick something. A lot of the times, most recently, it's been a lot of things with Tyler Heights at the pop-up, either handing out food. Uh, we'll go up to Brooklyn Parks for like their homeless resource day. We'll volunteer. We'll watch children so the parents can go around and do what they need to do. Um, or you know, we may have a signature project internally that we're working in conjunction with um, the county, kind of based on what the board and the, the league feel are the needs in the county and where – some areas are kind of already oversaturated, so we're looking for the, that space where we can actually have an impact and can help the community. Personally, when I write a check, or I guess we don't do that anymore, but I swipe the card or put the thumbprint down or whatever it may be, I really like you know to an organization that where it does, as you said, makes an impact to it. And uh, I think that that's, that's wonderful that you look to identify those. I know that the needs in Anne Arundel County are huge because I spoke with uh, Leah up at the uh, food bank and just some of the numbers they threw out that, you know, COVID had done for them as far as the tons of food that they needed versus what they had and how they grew during that time and the, is, is amazing. Um, and, and it is nonprofits. It is organizations like the Junior League. That are that are stepping up to really fill that gap. There's an affluent community of in Anne Arundel County that doesn't realize how much of how many of our neighbors are really in need. That's one of been one of the most eye opening things for me um, throughout my junior league experience is the the speakers from the community that we bring into our membership meetings and the training, um, and just learning about the things that that impact families who are living right down the street from us. Um, you know, we are embarking on a, a diaper drive, a year long um, drive to uh, collect diapers because. One in, one in three families in the United States have unmet diaper needs, and it's not covered through any federal benefits. And really, um, it's, uh, it's meant a lot to me because I never realized that if a, if a parent doesn't have a diaper, they can't send their child to daycare. And if they can't send their child to daycare, they can't go to work. And it's such a, it's a cycle, and it's really a challenge for a lot of people. 
There is so much that you don't see in the community that's uh, like a domino effect. It's one little thing and mm-hmm. another little thing. I, I was at the Salvation Army one time. I saw a guy roll up in a brand new Mercedes, go into the kitchen in the basement, come out with two bags of groceries. And I was talking to commander, the captain, I guess it was, that was there. And I said, all right, I, I've got to ask. I mean, what's – and he said, well, hey, we don't judge. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if you have a need, you come and you get it. That's it. He says, but I will tell you, I know the story on that guy. And the guy lives in a very affluent neighborhood. He's got a very nice house. The kids go to private school and everything else, and he just got canned. Okay? And this is, this is outside of COVID. And he said, you know, he's, he's going to get a job. He's going to be making six figures without a problem in six months, eight months. But right now, I mean, he's living paycheck to paycheck. The wife is a stay-at-home mom, and the kids are in private school, and there are lots of bills. And come the end of the month, they're making us, do we pay for the house or do we, you know, mm-hmm. the groceries? So this is to ease up on this. And he says, you know, I, I can't say, but I would imagine that uh, down the line when he gets back up on his feet that we will get a check from him and he mm-hmm. will pay that back. And, pay it forward. Uh, and if he doesn't, that's fine too. Um, but we're, we're here for everybody. And, and a lot of people really do live. And I've told my kids that too. I said, you know, uh, you know, we seem to be fairly good. We've got a roof over our head and we're thankful for that. And we've got food in the refrigerator. Um, but you know, it, it wouldn't take a lot to put us someplace else. We were do we do Christmas? We haven't done it in the last two years, but we do Christmas Christmas breakfast at the lighthouse. For uh, my family's done it for more than a decade. And one one time, my daughter was slinging I don't know the, the hash or the potatoes or whatever it was, and she looks up, and there was a classmate from high school on the other side of the line getting it, and there was this look of horror, I guess, on both people's faces and we and it was it was a wonderful experience for me and my to talk about that and say well you know we don't know what the situations are mm-hmm. uh and it could very easily have been switched around so it's uh there's such a great need for organizations um you know like you guys but where do we see jla do you like to refer to jla or do the whole okay we like jla okay <laughs> uh i didn't know some people get a a little bit upset with the initials, but where do we see uh, JLA in the community? I mean, where? What are some of you know? You've talked about some of the initiatives, the diaper, the diaper collections, and the pantry food pantries. So you you mentioned quite a bit about the need for food and food insecurity. Ways in which we've shown up in the community have been um, by mobilizing volunteers to hand out food at Tyler Heights Elementary. I believe Dana mentioned that earlier. Yeah. We've also um, showed up in the community by. Uh, committing funds, actually over $10,000 when COVID initially hit, um, to go towards uh, supporting some of the gaps in need for food. And we were able to distribute um, goods through Mail and Food Bank. I know we've showed up at Woodside Gardens, and we've been able to distribute food for those communities. Um, Other places that we've shown up in the community... Um, a lot of times it's maybe a little more behind the scenes. We normally every year volunteer with Salvation Army to help with the angel tree. So we're in the back in the sort pit moyer sorting the sorting and bagging and tagging and right. getting things around. And it's really overwhelming to see just how generous people are in fulfilling the wish list for the children. Um, a lot of times we will volunteer uh, really across the street over at Gigi's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. We'll help them with their with their holiday party or different things. So it may not necessarily be a – this is Junior League of Annapolis, but we are there providing the support and trying to help um, where we can. This is my kind of an organization out in the, working in the background. And you mentioned Gigi's Playhouse. That's a great organization. That's for parents or for children mm-hmm. that have – is it strictly limited to Downs? Syndrome. I know it's primarily, but it. I don't know if it's 
um, strictly or not. But this is an organization where the kids can come and they can they can perform, they can learn, they can play, they can meet other people and everything else. It's just a great support. And it's a uh, that with along with um, Biddy and Bo's Coffee downtown, which mm-hmm. I think is just an absolutely wonderful business. And some of our previous projects, oh, I'm sorry, Calandra, we Seeds for Success, where we had partnered with um, several high school girls and kind of helped them and kind of almost mentored them through, helped them prepare for like um, – college interviews, different things, and then I think they were given a laptop at the end of the program. But it was it was a, a pretty dedicated three-year project um, and different aspects, kids in the kitchen, read to kids, different things throughout the donate books to the libraries. Or We've built several free, little free libraries throughout the community. That's well. great. The Chrysalis House oh, has yes. been another one. We've also collected hats and gloves and scarves because beyond feeding the community in the winter, some some kids don't have adequate coverings to protect themselves from the elements. So we were very proud of that one. Um, Heather mentioned a couple of statistics about diapers. You'd be surprised at the number of young ladies that may not have access to um, things that would uh, care for them during their menstrual cycle. So tampons, uh, pads. So we called it period poverty. Mm-hmm. There's actually a, a, another epidemic going on across the United States where there's just a shortage of access to things that you would need just in your normal everyday life. And one of our groups of new provisional members sponsored a project collecting um, maxi pads, tampons, things of that nature for young ladies. And, and again, that's the stuff that we somewhat take for granted. Um, and, you know, as somebody that typically doesn't buy those types of products myself, but the times I've gone in for my daughters and stuff like that, I'm amazed at the cost of them. And I don't understand why, you know, and, and you can totally see where, you know, diapers are just, you know, the disposable ones, the pampers and the whatever are, are just so incredibly expensive, when it when it comes, I mean, you know, kids are expensive enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much less, you know, uh, when you when you add it up through through everything, and that's that's just wonderful that you're in in there working on this and you're identifying the needs of the community that that need that. I mean, Seeds for Success. Mm-hmm. You mentioned they're another great organization that I love. It's uh, started out with two or three women that just had a, a crazy idea to to mentor the girls in in public housing, and now yeah, it's it, it's amazing. And I mean, there's no shortage of areas that we could focus our needs on. But as the league has changed over the years, I mean, initially back in 1901, most of, most of the ladies were socialites. So they, they weren't working. Whereas now most of the ladies in the league do work full time, um, have children have. So instead of being free during the day, a lot of it's more after hours, weekends and our done in the day committee and in general a lot of our, our organization tries to look at ways that we can help on a schedule that fit works for everyone so we can maximize what who can participate when back in 1901 was it all just the uh, the wealthy wives of working husbands that formed this typically i mean was that the that was that was the typical you know original junior league member um, the the original founding of the junior league was to provide training for women to serve their community that they weren't getting in the workforce, that they weren't getting through formal education. Um, And I think that's kind of how we're different today is today a lot of women, most women come to the organization with full-time jobs, with with educational backgrounds. Um, And, you know, today's today's league member looks a lot different than it did in 1901. What is a snapshot of of your membership? I mean, okay, obviously we know it's – 
predominantly, if not exclusively female. Um, does it skew older? Does it skew younger? I mean, mostly mostly professional women. Yeah, about 85% of our members work outside the home at least part-time. Um, our average age is uh, low to mid-30s. Most, yep. Um, and then we have two different levels of membership, active members and sustaining members. Sustaining members are women who've served in the league for seven or more years. Um, and then they have a little different membership commitments than our active members. How do you become a member? You've got to, okay, you got to be a woman. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. a heart I, I, I and a passion <laughs> to give first. It starts there. Yes. A heart and a passion to give. And um, we do host membership drives twice a year. So there are informational sessions where you can come out and learn about the league, learn about how we show up in the community, learn the ways that we can give back to the individual. Um, so we do that twice a year. And then there's a... Um, a bit of a process that you go through for a couple of months as you get acclimated into membership. It's called um, our provisional process. So they are getting to know one another in a small group. They're learning about the league. They're putting a project together themselves where our provisional members are sponsoring and hosting a community impact project and assuming that they meet all the membership requirements, which is a series of classes, all about learning and educating. Um, they accomplish the community service project. Um, uh, at some point after that, they're granted access to membership, and they are voted in with an official motion. We actually have a class of uh, provisionals that will be voted in um, in another couple months. Um, so that happens about twice a year, and um, we usually get about 10 to 15 ladies on average. Interesting. Um, every intake class. Do you guys have that secret ballot box with like, you know, you get the white marbles and the black marbles and <laughs> you, you put them in and it's like, oh, no, there's a... <laughs> we aren't meant to be exclusive. If you want to be a member of the Junior League, we want you here. So our process isn't to weed anyone out. It's more so to educate you so that um, you are aware of the options in the league and how we can help you. So there isn't much of a, a voting process so to there's exclude no, there's anyone. So no real barrier. I mean, and, you know, some woman could walk in off the street right here, right now, and say, hey, I'd like to, to be and, – and they could get into the provisional. They could. Now the next time a <clears throat> provisional class starts, right. yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then based on what the provisional thing is, I mean, and that works both ways. I mean, it's to see whether this mm -hmm. this candidate is a you good fit the for the organization yep. as well as the candidate to be able to sit there and say, is this organization a good fit for me? Exactly. That's great. You know, I did, that's why I was wondering whether it had to be a sponsor. It's like, okay, well, I know Heather, so will you no, vouch I, for me? And <laughs> I believe some leagues do that. We don't. In this area also, because of the large amount of military personnel, there's a lot of members that are, you know, here for a couple years and then they transfer out to another league or they transfer in from somewhere else just because this is a little bit more of a transitory area right. than others. Um, but that, that's no. a good point. Um, once you're in a, a league in the Association of Junior Leagues International and AJLI, you can transfer between different um, oh, okay. local local leagues. Great. Mm -hmm. What's the time commitment? So, or does it vary? Uh, I mean, it, is it varies depending on the committee. So we have certain committees that, um, like Done in a Day, for mm -hmm. example, that's led by one of Dana's teams. They, on a monthly or an ongoing basis, they are showing up in the community with projects that can be executed in one day. So if you're on that committee, you probably um, have more time available to give and you want to show up in the community more regularly. So that commitment could be a 
upwards of a few hours a month showing up in person and planning. There are other committees that are more behind the scenes, like our communications council. Um, They are responsible for our brand presence internally and externally, all of our communications press. Um, That commitment may be a bit much, but it depends, maybe a bit more, I'm sorry, but it depends on what's going on. I think on average, a general active member, um, less than 10 hours a month month or so on average. And we really are committed to meeting members where they are. Um, We've structured our membership requirements to be very flexible to allow for um, everyone to meet their annual requirements through a variety of different ways, through training, through community service, through online webinars, through in-person events and activities. Um, there's really a way for most people to meet all their annual obligations. Where do you get your funding? I'm assuming there's some dues that come in, and I'm assuming that the dues do not entirely fund <laughs> everything that you do. You are exactly right that our dues do not fund everything that we do. <laughs> uh, yes, we have annual dues, and then we have um, a finance council that is committed to um, fundraising for the league. About half of our annual budget comes from external activities. We um, have an annual gala. Um, we have, um, you know, an annual campaign. We have, um, I think one of the things that is most unique um, for Junior League fundraising is that we have a cookbook. Um, it's called Of Tide and Time. You can buy it um, directly from our website, uh-huh. Um And it is a collection of um, local recipes created by our members throughout our 40-year history. Neat. And Neat. we also, with between Giving Tuesday... Um, there's a lot of other uh, Amazon Smile, a lot of other areas oh. we're trying to mm-hmm. maximize wherever we can. And of course, we welcome corporate sponsors. Yes. Okay, donations. Absolutely. We okay. Have, we have a donate button right on our website. Okay. Uh, JLA and again, jlanapolis.org yes. is where. Yeah. No. Non. And you are. I'm assuming you are a non- nonprofit. Yes. Is yes. tax deductible and all all of that kind of stuff there. Um, when's your gala coming up? Is that coming up? We have it's pivoted a little bit for 2022. I hate that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there's, a word that, there's a word that I hope I never hear again. As long it's as on I pivot. live. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about it's um, reimagined okay. for 2022? Um, it will be held on Sunday, May 1st. It's a a May Day by the Bay. Um, details will be announced soon. Uh, tickets will go on sale within the next few weeks. Oh, fun! Is that going to be in person? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay! And it's it, open to the public. It's at Sandy, so, okay. at Sandy Point State Park. So between the website and our Facebook page and our Instagram page, that's where everything you can find all the information. Facebook, website, and Instagram. Got it. As president, well, let's just start with, um, let's talk with Calandra. As yes. president, mm-hmm. uh, you you were sentenced to two years of the presidency. <laughs> <laughs> sentenced. Uh, Happily. Um, how, I, I mean, tell me about your presidency. What what was accomplished? What what are you proud most proud of as your stepping down shortly. Yeah. So I came into this presidency already on um, the league had a very, very strong 38 year history. Um, My objective was to primarily just sustain how we were showing up 
um, do what I could to enhance education and training opportunities, and then refocus a bit back into our membership. While we give and we show up and we serve the community, um, we have to preserve ourselves to be able to, you know, continue to show up. So uh, one of the things that was important to me is just making sure the member, the woman, the league member was well taken care of, whether that's through uh, promoting self-care, reminding folks to take breaks, um, and then just uh, demonstrating appreciation. So what am I proud of? Um, I think I will honestly share my presidency also started uh, two two months or a couple months right after the COVID pandemic hit. And I know we want to um, we don't want to really talk about COVID, but it really impacted. It was a year of transition, I'll say. So I was just proud to just simply sustain the membership. Um, We were going through a lot as a league, as was other uh, nonprofits. And I'm just happy that we had the continued commitment um, for members because while they were juggling the demands of what new life looked like after COVID, they still had the passion to give back to the league. So I'm just happy to hand the reins over to our president-elect, Heather Medina. We have a league that is as strong as it was A couple of years ago, even stronger today, we have a committed membership base. We have a committed leadership base. So um, I'm just proud that we've been able to sustain. Well, congratulations. I I, I had a conversation with Comptroller Franchot the other week, and he said that as far as he can tell, COVID cost Maryland 436 small businesses that just don't exist statewide. And as you mentioned, just to sustain is was was huge because um, nobody knew. I mean, you know, when this hit, I was like, "Okay, hunker down. Two weeks, we're good." And you know, here, here a we year are, later, our third year, and it's, virtual it's, schooling, and it's, yeah, uh, it's crazy. It well, Heather, what are you looking to do um, when you get? Do you get gavels or the reins or what? Do we, do is, a is it gavel? <laughs> so there's an actual baton. <laughs> I'm really excited to be working with, you know, 250 women who are all individually dedicated to improving the community. Um, Over the next year, we're looking to um, really imagine what the next 40 years of Junior League looks like, Um, developing a new signature community impact project. So we're behind the scenes looking at the needs, the needs assessment in Anne Arundel County, where we are best equipped to provide service and and training for our members to help help the county advance um, we're looking to get back together um, develop more friendships develop um, training opportunities and really create an excellent membership experience for each and every woman in the junior league very cool all right well for any one of you guys what would what's surprising about junior league of annapolis that most people wouldn't know you know, the the strong history that we have may surprise people. Um, in the 80s, we were involved with um, anything that kept kids safe and keeping drugs out of school, um, mothered, mothers against drunk driving. Um, we had one of the early uh, conferences on positive parenting, and we had a resource guide for teen pregnancy. And then we also have a you know history of advocacy and lobbying for families in the area. Um, our members were involved in passing legislation for car seat safety, juvenile justice, and the Safe Haven Act. So you got into the whole lobbying thing. And look at you rattling off all this stuff when you guys were toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, our, our preschool training was uh, strong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you've got an organization that's been around since uh, here in Annapolis since 1981 and uh, that started in 1901, is uh, there's definitely a lot of history. Do you find that your membership, do they transfer out? Do they go on to bigger and better things? Um, a lot of our uh, members take the training that re- they receive during their time as a member in the Junior League and use that experience to better other organizations. We have many members who now serve on um, other area nonprofit boards. We have women on the um, the YWCA board, um, the Maryland Federation of Art board, and many others th- throughout the area. Oh, great. Now, and, and this training, I mean, what types of training? I mean, is this leadership training? Is this just... Leadership training, um, financial management, how to run a meeting, how to uh, launch a program, um, kind of the wide breadth of uh, challenges that are facing nonprofit organizations. Best way to run a meeting is to have the gavel. Have a, have a wooden stick. And that'll, that'll. Well, we give everyone one of those. It, it is helpful to experience it. So I, I retired from the Marine Corps, and so I was used to, you know, Based on my rank or the billet or the position I was in, you know, yes, I was a leader, but it's also very easy to lead when you're the senior person. And that mentality is very hierarchical and rank based coming into an org. And I specifically wanted to come into this organization because, one, I was finally retiring and I could meet all of the commitments without a deployment. But I also realized I'm like, look. I'm retiring. I'm not going to be an active duty Marine anymore. I really probably need to learn how to work with people in an environment that isn't that Marine Corps mentality. So it's eye-opening. It's frustrating at times. But also, we're all volunteers. No one here is getting paid for this. So you have to be able to flex and understand when, you know, hey, this is our committee meeting. These, This is our assignments. This is what we laid out. And then when life interferes, whereas at work, normally – you're not leading in that kind of capacity. So it really helps, for me, develop other leadership styles and kind of um, aspects of areas that I would not have had or that we don't necessarily deal with in the work environment, at least pre-pandemic, where things were a little more rigid for most people. So it's been very helpful in that aspect. And I can definitely see how the people that have gone on and they're using in other aspects. It's it's just a great kind of um, safe learning environment for some of that. I echo that same sentiment. The league provides a really safe space to learn, grow. Um, and I, I don't want to use the word fail because we never fail. We just learn from our experiences. And what better way to do it in a place that's safe, that's not aligned with what you do professionally or may not have any downstream impacts for what you do professionally? And the Junior League is one of those places. Well, this is fantastic. How do we how do we join? What's the best way? What's the best steps to you know get involved and find ways? Obviously, if you're a corporate sponsor, if you are looking to donate, jlanapolis.org is where you want to go. But for those that want to become involved, hands on, digging deep into it. Yep, I think the first stop would probably be to go like our Facebook page. Um, our Facebook page, uh, JL Annapolis, of course has all of the latest and the greatest event, ways that you can not only donate, but ways that you can come out and um, support the community with us. Our Instagram page is very active. I know Instagram is kind of one of the new ways to be engaged nowadays. You guys on TikTok yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> we have to take some dance lessons first. <laughs> 
<laughs> a social media drives me crazy. People are like, you're not on Instagram? I said, no. I said, I had to pick my poisons. I picked Facebook and Twitter, and I'm, I'm sticking <laughs> with it and just let it go at that. But, yeah, no, I, I have been on your Facebook page, and you're right. Because, I mean, and actually what I think – what I might take it a step further is just to be able to see your Facebook page. Uh, you can really get a gist of what the organization is and what it is about mm-hmm. uh, and exactly where your all your little tentacles mm-hmm. are, are reaching, which is um, really good. Hey, what's your daughter's name over there? Caitlin. Come on over here. Are you guys proud of your mom? That's Caitlin. (laughs) Are you proud of your mom for what she does here at Junior League? I am proud of mommy. You know what? I think a lot of people are. I don't think you're alone. (laughs) Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. It takes a village. A lot of us are moms uh, in the league, moms of little ones. And that's the wonderful thing about the league. No matter what stage of life you're in, um, it's a place that's accommodating and welcoming. So whether you have little ones or those that have graduated or you're an animal or pet lover, or you just, you know, pick up your phone and you call uh, your junior junior league member and say, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can handle this like I did this morning with Heather. I said, I'm going to have to bring the littles. And she said, hey, no problem. That's awesome. They'll be fine. I'm so glad you did. That's one glad- great thing about this league, coming in and seeing that, you know, hey, some people, they they need a break from their kids and their family, and it's here. If you're new to the area because either you just moved here or from the military you got orders here, this is a great place to meet people. And whether it's new moms, out of the house, I don't have any kids, you know, just varying levels of, you know, I remember one league or one, one uh, general membership meeting, GMM that we had, and there was one of the ladies, she just had her baby. So she bought her brand new little baby because she, you know, and it doesn't matter. One, it was fun because it was like, oh, we got, everybody got to see the, now, granted, this was a couple years ago before um, all the craziness, but, you know, we got to see the baby. It's, it's a great learning opportunity, opportunity to give back. The social aspect is there as well. It's not the maybe uptight stuffy image that maybe kind of has persisted over the junior league organization previously i mean we're just a group of women here trying to make Anne Arundel county better and to learn and improve ourselves as well um but yeah there's it's hey we kind of like come 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 as you are nothing wrong with that well i do want to thank calandra lane who is the president currently outgoing um, for your time this morning and for bringing your wonderful children over. They're great. Thank you. And uh, Heather Medina, who is the incoming president, good luck. Thank and you. And Dana Ogle, who is the community impact director. Thank you guys very much for your Thank time you. this morning. This is uh, great to learn about Junior League Annapolis. You want to go to jlannapolis.org, or you can search on Facebook for Junior League Annapolis. That'll come up, or Instagram as well. Find out what they're about, and if uh, this is an organization for you, I do encourage you to uh, – Looking at getting into one of their the, – the next incoming class? Is that the word they use? Provisional class. class. Provisional. Yeah. Um, thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.